My next guest on the Business Samurai podcast is Brandon Merkbeyer. Brandon runs the very successful Brands on Brands podcast, which has reached top 25 in marketing on all of Apple Podcasts, as well as top 10 and top 5 within the branding categories. Brandon has spoken to the likes of John Lee Dumas, Evan Carmichael, and Chris Ducker. During our conversation, we discuss what it takes to actually build up a personal and business brand from scratch, as well as can you destroy a brand that you've taken years to develop, referring back to the Will Smith incident at the Oscars. So sit back and listen as I discuss with Brandon how to build a brand on this episode of the Business Samurai Podcast. Do you enjoy talking business? Do you enjoy reading about business? Do you geek out over the entrepreneurial journey? If so, then you are in the right spot. The Business Samurai Podcast brings you the stories told by the people themselves. You'll be immersed in a wide variety of industries, from venture capital to gourmet popcorn, learning how to be a better leader or the personalities behind solving the broadband crisis. At The Business Samurai, we believe it takes a wide variety of skill sets and experiences to be successful in business and life. Our aim is to not only entertain, but educate for you to recognize how successful tactics and motivations in one industry can help propel you forward in your own unique business. Sit back, enjoy, and welcome to the Business Samurai Podcast. I am your host, John Barkley. Welcome to the Business Samurai Podcast. Really appreciate everyone tuning in. I think we've got a fun, practical episode that if you are live on your phone, you get on the internet, I think you'll find any of this relevant, switching jobs, anything. And of course, I'm talking about personal branding. So my guest today is Brandon Berkmeyer. Brandon Berkmeyer is a seasoned brand strategist, business coach, keynote speaker, and podcaster. For over 17 years, Brandon advised and directed brand strategy for top Fortune 100 companies, including Apple, Coca-Cola, Walmart, and Wells Fargo. He is the founder of the Podcast Branding Academy, an online school for podcasters. He also produces and hosts a top marketing podcast called Brands on Brands, which is ranked number one in personal branding and content marketing on Apple Podcasts. Brandon, this is awesome. Appreciate you being here, man. Thanks for having me on the show. I'm excited to talk all things business, all things branding today. Let's get into it. Absolutely. And that's actually, this is the reason why, I, quite frankly, I started the podcast. I love just talking business. I jump into a whole bunch of different categories and stuff. And of course, content is king, as they say. So you're one of the kings. So let's jump into it. I wanted to start, I do want to get into some of your backstory, what it was like working with some of those big brands and how that kind of propelled you into spinning off to yourself. But I think we need to set a baseline for those that are listening, because a lot of people, I know tons of people that are entrepreneurs, and I think there are times that we that the terms branding and marketing themselves are conflated and may not be used. So for the conversation, what? how do you differentiate or tell people Hey, this is your brand, but this is marketing and separate the two of those out. Yeah, yeah. I have a way I like to talk about it. It's, I think, a simpler, more easy to understand layman's terms. For me, the difference between branding and marketing, a lot of the time they are the same and interchangeable and whatever else. But here's how I like to think about it. Marketing for me is your message plus attention, right? It's all the things you're going to say about who you are and your business and all that plus bringing attention to that message at scale. So it's all the things you're gonna do to let people know, hey, I'm here, look at me, should we work together? So it's message and attention. That's marketing in a nutshell. And all the things you have to do behind that are the super tactical things that get you there. A brand or branding for me is really more all about reputation. It's the things that add up to who you are. So if I had to define reputation like we're really talking about the things people are saying, like the opinions of people at scale, right? Because if it's just one person that has that opinion, it's not your reputation. You actually have to scale that for it to become your brand. So it's the things people are saying, their opinions at scale. So that's how I differentiate it. You're really talking about your reputation or you're talking about the things you have to do to get attention. That's marketing versus branding for me. Sounds good. Because one of the things that I'll tell you what I used was the brand, your personal brand, or I would even apply it to a business brand, was what do people say when you're not in the room? If you go, 
hey, what does Coke mean to you? Oh, it's a great drink, it's refreshing, or it's that nasty sugary thing. But it's like outside the presence. And then if you're trying to build the brand, you're trying to influence what people are saying about you. You want to you want them to be on the positive side. Does that seem to I think that aligns a little bit with the scale thing. Agree, disagree? Yeah, I think I think I do, I do. I the problem I have with the what people say about you when you're not in the room thing is that could just be gossip. Okay. So for me, like the question becomes, well, how do you build the brand? And to people, that answer doesn't get you there, right? That doesn't help me figure out how to get people to talk about me without gossiping. So for me, <laughs> I try to take it a step further and say, it's when you get people to talk about your ideas that okay. you are building a brand. Because if you are talking about the company's vision and mission or quality or the things that you are doing differently to help people or the ideas you bring to bear, that have founded your business, all of those things, those topics of conversation, those ideas are reputation building. The rest is just gossip and isn't super helpful. So if you want people to get there and talk about your ideas, you have to share them. So that's why when you started off saying content is king, that is, it's a funny thing to say, but it is, it is the mantra for brand building, is generating content, sharing ideas. The reason you want to share ideas and content isn't like SEO and like all these other things, traffic generation, lead magnets. The reason you want to share your ideas is so that when people talk about your business, they are talking about the core of it, which is your perspective, your ideas. So content creation is a way to get your ideas out there so that you are building a brand based on the proper foundations. So it's a long-winded way of getting there, but that's that's how I take that statement a step further to actually help people and move no, them forward. Absolutely makes sense. Now, how much of this with you in your backstory when you're, I don't know if you're still working with any of the large organizations as consulting, but did what did you pick up with some of these? Wells Fargo's been around since the 1850s or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> to be yeah. able to, one, you picked up and learned from them, but also then further strengthen their brand that you then translated and spun off into what you're doing now. Yeah, I learned all kinds of things. It's hard to encapsulate 20 years at ad agencies in a couple of sound bites for the audience here. But sure. when I'm out there speaking, I try to take stories from my life and share them in ways that'll help people. So one that I like to say for the business owners out there, if they are thinking about how do I get better at sharing my story and getting more people to find me, the lesson I learned from Coca-Cola and working on their brand strategy is this, right? Coca-Cola, people think of as amazing advertisers, right? They have great commercials, they are everywhere, and they've been doing it forever. They have a signature bottle and look and feel. And I would say that if you actually dig into the story of Coca-Cola, they were great at branding, but really theirs is a story of distribution. They were better at getting their products into more places than anybody else. You do have to be recognizable, but that's not enough. Distribution is at the heart of marketing. So when I take that and I apply that to people, I say, what did they do to do that? They, everywhere you go, you find Coca-Cola. It's not just where you'd expect it, like at grocery stores. It's at convenience stores and gas stations. It's at movie theaters. It's at theme parks. Everywhere you go, you run into Coca-Cola, right? You can get one within 10 blocks of anywhere you are. <laughs> and if they're in developing countries, they build the infrastructure to be able to distribute Coca-Cola wherever they are. So they are a distribution company first and foremost. And for me, if I'm a personal brand and I'm thinking, how can I be like Coca-Cola? My content is my distribution network. So I'm like, how do I get my brand everywhere? I figure out how to distribute my ideas everywhere. And I put myself out there on blogs, on podcasts, on YouTube channels, in social media, in guest appearances, in Facebook groups, and I get others to share those ideas as well. So the better I can become at creating content and get others to share my ideas with other people, the better distributed I am as a personal brand. And any business can do that. This is something anyone can gather and say, what can I do to be in more places where my audience is, where the people that want my product are going to be? How do I show up there? And that could be with content. It could be with physical product. It could be with just the presence of people from your business that show up as salespeople or whatever it is. But that distribution is one of the key lessons I've taken from Coca-Cola and try to apply it to my personal brand business. Speak, in taking that content, one of the things that 
me struggling. So I have been a lack of an action taker for a couple of years now on personal branding. If not, you, I'll let me rephrase that. I've been a lack of personal branding my entire life at 43 years old and finally have taken the reins and said, oh, what the hell am I waiting on? Is I got to make some moves out there because I think I've, I have a story to tell. How do you go about in the, in those early phases and you're building that out and you finding your authentic self? You're going out there. You're not your you're trying to show energy, but let's say you're not, you're doing the video, but you're Nate, you're not normally overly energetic. If I've met you on the street and, <laughs> or you don't want to be, because one of the things that, that kind of concerns me with social media now, the stuff that gets attention, like you got to be super controversial. You're going, you're saying the exact opposite of what 99 ounce is saying, just for the fact of that's going to get you the attention. So how do you go about when you're starting out, finding that content and then finding who you truly are as you're going through, working through that process? Yeah, a, a good question. So I break it down into two things. So first you have to find your voice and then you have to find your people, right? So finding your voice for a lot of people, being authentic and true to yourself. And if you're not the guy who's dancing on TikTok and pointing to things that doesn't feel authentic to you, you don't have to do that. There are lots of mediums. You have to choose where you think you can create in your most natural form. I tried blogging. I tried creating podcasts. I tried creating videos. And for me, the most organic way to create, and I think for a lot of people, is to just have conversations. So doing mm. interviews like you and I are doing sure. was one of the easiest starting points because having a conversation is the most natural thing we've been doing our whole lives. Also speaking my mind, finding a way to do that, cameras off, just thinking about my ideas and saying, okay, how do I feel about this one question? And then answering that and speaking that a podcast became my most natural place to create. So I leaned into that, but for everyone else, they've got to figure out what's where they, where to start. And the only way to do that isn't by over strategizing it, figuring it out like on paper and thinking, what should I talk about? It's honestly just to turn on the recording device and to start creating or to put down a piece of paper and start writing. You have to actually get out there and take action to get better at the process of feeling authentic about what you're creating. You can't overthink the right path. You have to actually take action on it. I think it's Marie Forleo that says it's everything's figure outable, but it is one of her things. But I think the other one is that it's not through strategy that you create clarity. It's through action. So clarity comes through action. So take action, get out there and just turn the recording device on. You don't have to publish it. It doesn't have to be live, record a bunch of things, get the ideas out of your head. And then when you look back at the 10 things you've created, number one, you've started to get better at creating, but number two, you'll start to see themes in the things that you talk about and say, you know what? Like I'm going to lean into these things that I could tell I was more passionate about because those themes started to arise again and again. And I could tell my energy was better when I was talking about them. So you actually have to put a bunch of stuff out there to get better at figuring out where you want to go with the content creation. So that's the first thing you got to actually take action. The second is if you're out there and you are trying to not just find your voice, but you're trying to figure out how to take that and get to a place where this is like more something you're going to do every day. You've got to figure out your starting point. What am I going to create with first? Where do I most authentically create? And that means trying some different places. You've got to try blogging. You've got to try podcasting. You've got to try videos uh, to figure out where you are natural. And then you're going to start to figure out what do you want to lean into? And I think part of going through that authentic piece, if you're not one of those people that have the personality of being controversial <laughs> to seek attention, it's overcoming some fear of rejection as you're doing this, because I know, I believe you recently spoke with Sean Cannell from Think Media, and I know his thing, if you watch any of the Think Media stuff, and I highly encourage a lot of other people, check it is, you just gotta press record. <laughs> and I kid you not, that's something, at least for me personally, that actually will go through my head if I have been hesitant on something, as I've just started, at least my journey anyway, is taking the action, but you just gotta hit record. But how do you get over that? Yeah. The, that I guess there's a mental hurdle a lot of times if you're going, all right, I'm not going to be watered down. I'm actually going to take a stand. I'm going to take an opinion on something to get over that fear. Cause most of the time your first reactions, at least my case have been, has been those, it happened to me on Twitter this morning with the workout. Somebody didn't like a type of bench press I was doing and it was the only comment. And I'm like, really? To get that fear of you're going to get pushed back almost instantly before you find your audience. If I want to get 
started and I want to get that confidence to get going. I want to get over that mental block of imposter syndrome to get there and push the damn button. As my friend, Brian Fanzo says, press the damn button and think he's got their own version of it too. <laughs> sure. Uh, to get there, uh, you can't overplan it, which is what I was trying to get to earlier. You can't sit there okay. and strategize it, but you can give yourself a roadmap. So I started lots of different ways until I found something that worked for me. But one thing I did was I wrote it out and then I read it. I wrote it out and then I read it. That was like the safest, but man, it was so robotic. Like it was not natural <laughs> at all. And then I wrote it out and I read it with some riffing. I would read it and I'd like, I would improvise and I'd extrapolate and then I'd read again. And that was a little better, but there was a lot of ums and ahs and hesitation because I didn't know where I was going. And it was weird having a plan, but jumping off plan. And then I would write it. So I knew the content was there. I was confident in the content. I put it aside and in front of me, I would write, here's my opening question. How do I create a podcast or something like that? And then here are three takeaways, three ideas I want to share about that. You get your equipment, you have an idea to talk about and you start recording or whatever the thing is. I have my three ideas and I write those three things down as three words, like idea, record, whatever, right? I write, and those three words sitting in front of me keep me grounded in my concept. So I can start the content by saying, here's what we're talking about today, how to start a podcast. And then I look at my first bullet and I say, okay, the first thing I want to talk about is this thing. And I just go from what's in my head because I've already written it down. I already know what the concept is. I go through it as I would naturally talk about it. And then when I finish that idea, I look at my next word and I read that. And I do that over and over again. And before you know it, you've gone through 30 minutes of video, which is 5,000 words of content. If you want to transcribe that oh, into wow. a blog okay. or something, it's very easy to create a lot of content. You just have to have a strategy and approach to do it. You don't have to have an idea of everything to write out. As long as you have ideas in your head, I try not to talk about things that I need to go and deeply do a bunch of research on because I'm not already okay. an expert in it. I look back at my past life experiences and things that I've already taken and I share my perspective and I share my steps and I speak from the things I know and that makes it natural and that makes it flow. So that's what I got for you. <laughs> no. And that's good because that's one of the things that I know I struggle with. So I've been in the tech cybersecurity sector and I kid you not, when you start trying to take a complex idea and make it approachable for somebody that's a business owner that doesn't, they don't, they're not in the weeds all the time. So you've got to simplify the message to get it to point as you get crucified by the technical people. That's I've had it happen many times. So it's again, going back to that. Oh my God, I got to block those guys out. They're not my intended audience. My intended audience is the business owners in, in that type of situation. Cause you can get research anywhere. You just got to Google yeah. it. But what you can't get is perspective. You have to go out there and create that organically. People can find the facts for themselves, but they want to know what your insights are based on the facts. What are your opinions? And that comes from you. And so it, what it might take is you to just state something that's happening in your business and provide your reaction to it. And I've done that. Like I got through, I got all the concepts in my head out of me. I got the, all the insights I wanted to share. And I said, what, how do I cre create content now over and over again? Now that I got the big things out of my head and I had to say, you know what, let me start reacting to something naturally. So what I started doing on the brands on brands podcast is I said, you know what, let me take a couple of things each week. I'm going to look at just something interesting in the news, like a human in the news that's interesting to me. So the last show I did that, you, that is always on the podcast that was about a person was about the new Top Gun movie that's coming out. The character yep. in that movie was Maverick. And I actually did it based on the original Top Gun. I said, what can I learn in the personal branding space from the original Top Gun character Maverick? Because that was fun for me to do. And I can do that every week. I can create content around something like that, as simple as that each week. And then I take something like a tool, like what is a marketing tool that I've used that I want to talk to people about? Or what is a book in the marketing industry that I can either read or skim through and say, here are my thoughts about some of the insights from that book. So me reacting to something is an endless well of content for anyone out there. Oh, no, that's awesome. And you see a lot. You can go browse YouTube and look at a reaction or you see the reaction to the person's other reaction type of stuff. Out. Those trip me up, actually, as a matter of fact. But so you, after you get your content created, how do you break through the noise? Because 
there obviously there is an uptick of a lot of people doing this exact same thing and you always hear the you got to game the algorithm or whatever it is to break the attention to get the attention of the people what do you find has been effective that this is how i get my content noticed by the people i want to get that so it's not just lost in the constant stream of stuff yeah i want you to help me with this john so if you and me are in a crowded bar and there's a hundred people in this bar and it's loud music how do we how do i get attention let's say you're not trying to talk to me just say in general you john barker walk into a bar by yourself it's 100 people and you want to get attention in the bar what are you going to do if i needed to do it i could jump on the table and start screaming at the top of my lungs and dancing with my shirt off <laughs> and the react what do you think the reaction to that's going to be is going to be what is this crazy person doing get them out of here as fast as possible <laughs> so that i would say is most people's reaction is i guess i need to be louder and more obnoxious stand out that goes back to what out. i was saying before about the controversial <laughs> aspect gets attention on online look at what gets it shared does. in the memes but go ahead but that's the wrong kind of attention from the right. wrong people now if i say hey john how do you talk to one person in that loud bar the right person what would you say? How do you talk to them in the middle of a crowded bar? You're usually, if it's a crowded bar, you're yelling in their ear. <laughs> but you're going up to them, you're tapping them on the shoulder, and you're going, hey, I see you're drinking this, you want another one. You, you got get time. close to them, You right? get really close get, to them physically. You get close to them so you don't have to yell. You get mm -hmm. really close, and you and if that gets awkward, you move to somewhere in the bar that is slightly quieter to have a more sure. intimate conversation. And it's just like that in real life with personal branding, with content creation, the closer you can get to your customer, the more intimate, the more one-on-one -on -one you can get, the easier it is to stand out to that person. Instead of trying to stand out to everyone in the bar, find the one or two people in the bar that are the most likely people for you and go talk to them. And another great approach to doing that other than having thinking more one-on-one -on -one instead of one-to-many is to think if you want someone to like you have to like them first you have to make the effort you have to go out of your way you have to be interested in who they are and ask them about them you don't just pull them off to the side and say let me tell you all about john right, right. like <laughs> let me learn a little bit more about you so marketing is very human because the audience the customers the clients they're humans and they like to interact the way humans do Marketing as a study has become very complicated and we make it complex mm -hmm. and overdo it and overthink it. Really, you are trying to figure out one person at a time how to build your brand and your business. And as that gains momentum and people start talking about you because they met this great guy at the bar who told them this great thing, that group relationship grows. And now you have a few people at the bar that you're talking to or you have a group of friends and that grows more and more to where you're just taking over the bar and you're hosting your own events, right? <laughs> But it starts small and then it moves beyond that. And you can take that philosophy and apply it to anything you do in life. But that's going back into taking that principle. You, before you even step into the bar, I like the analogy of the bar. You're going in your head going, I know who my ideal person is I want to talk to before I even step in there. You have identified, you can call it your niche, you can call it your avatar as being the step before the step before get, getting into the bar. Yeah, I think who you're naturally attracted to. I think who are the people that would resonate with your business and who are the, would resonate with your values as a company or as a brand. You already know that going in. I think there's a lot of exercises that help you write that out, like the day in the life of the person that would be my customer. I think that overdoes it. I just need to know, are they in my general category? Mm -hmm. Can I at least narrow it down to that, to what I stand for? And again, content helps me do that. Content naturally is category based, right? It's easier to have a show like the business samurai where you're like generally this is about business and entrepreneurship right that automatically cuts itself down now if you're talking about also your travels and the food you like to eat <laughs> and how you raise your children suddenly that's very confusing so just you creating and curating an experience that is based on one zone of content helps you 
isolate your target audience, helps you find the right people that are looking for business content. And those people are naturally drawn to you because they're looking for education in the business field and they say, okay, this is for me. Maybe there's a nugget of information here that I'll find useful today. So all you have to do in the content creation space is start with the idea of what is my what is the block I want to live in? What's the corner I want to put my neighborhood on, right? Am I <laughs> finance? Am I health? Am I business? Am I service? Am I whatever the thing is? Just find that content. And then you give yourself room to say within this broad context of the business category, let, let me talk about things that I'm interested in talking about that I know my customer is interested in talking about. Let me answer questions that I get asked all the time. The content will start to niche you down for you. It will find your target audience for you because the content itself, if they're interested, it brings the right people to you. So I'm all about, obviously, I'm a big fan of content creation. Absolutely. That's why if you are out there building a brand, I think it is the core of your business. It is who you are. Unless you're just a product-based business that is chasing the lowest dollar, trying to build your systems to scale, you can do that. You can be the Walmart of the world and say, I am just gonna have better infrastructure and I'm gonna beat people on price. Great. For the rest of us, if you wanna build on brand, you've gotta think about how do you stand out? And usually that's with ideas and with building a community around your ideas. Speaking of the ideas, I'd be remiss not to ask this because I've seen other people that do marketing I've actually point blank complain about this and I've seen it as well personally, but I got to go back to the algorithm thing and ask a very tactical question sure. and getting people and getting people to try to actually engage because here's what's happened to me. And I know this from other marketer marketing people that do similar stuff to you that I've been around and they go, I have people come up to me on the street. This is true story to me and to them and go, Hey man, really liked your content. I've seen you doing this stuff. I've seen you've been doing it forever. They've never, they don't engage with the post. They don't leave comment. And the other person that's much bigger in her industry and things were like, can you leave a note? So at least I know I'm going in the, down in the right direction because I'm not getting, it's like a one way street. And I've had this happen. Like I said, even to me, I've went to local tech events and, and where I've done something, I was more infrequent with it, but like on LinkedIn and where my biggest following is. And it was, Hey man, we've seen those videos. That's cool. And I'm like, I had no clue that you were watching <laughs> this, but I would get those in one-on-ones. So how do we start getting some of that stuff, particularly in the, in those early phases? Yeah. I think for a lot of people that are, that start creating content, like if you've just done that, I am so happy that you were motivated and you took that step. That is the big enough step that I'm fighting against that people haven't done yet. But if you've actually taken that step, like kudos to you. Now you've got to like move on to phase two, right? You've got to figure out how do you actually take content and help it use it to help your business. And I think your goals have to change. You don't create content to see if people hit more follows and more mm -hmm. likes. You keep create content to build trust. It's a nurture mechanism, right? In some cases it's a discovery mechanism, but then you've got to do something with that and you've got to take them somewhere. So the reason, you're not getting responses typically is because you haven't given them something to do. You haven't led them on a path to your business, to your service, to your helping them in some way. And in the marketing world, it's called lead magnets, right? It's sure. What do you do after you've got their attention? You give them something they wanted that's connected to your business. And so for most people, it's not, how do I get more likes on the post? It's how do you bring them into your world where you've now offered them something? So I'll build this out in three pillars, right? It's the content is the first thing, which we talk about a lot. The second is this community idea of community where you're building, bringing people to your message. And the last is impact. And it's what a lot of people skip. Impact is where you are actually creating change in someone's life. You are creating some kind of transformation. You're providing a quick win. You're providing something that actually helps them. You could talk all day and maybe that makes them feel better about themselves, but they actually have a problem they need to solve. And sometimes they need your help to solve it. So how are you getting them there? And that's the impact piece. Without that, you don't actually have a business. So for me, I'm like, how do I get them from content to impact as quickly as possible? So for your listeners today, right, I'd say, okay, you've heard my content, you've heard me speak today. You want a little bit of information on maybe how to create your own show. You're like, 
maybe I could do a podcast. If this guy, Brandon, can do a podcast, anyone can. I'm like, okay, let me get you a starter kit for that. Let me answer the 10 most asked questions about podcasting for you. To get that, just go to podcastbrandingacademy.com. There's a starter kit right there. It's free. It answers 10 questions for you in video format, all the things you would ask to start. It helps you. It helps me. I get your information and I send you the answers to those questions. And if that's all you need, then I've helped you. Maybe you trust me a little bit more. And in the future, six months from now, you have a different question. You might come in and at, look to see what Brandon would say or not. Now I'm talking about myself in the third person. I sound a little cocky. I've alienated some people, but generally what I'm trying to do is how do I help people? What can I do to go from content to impact as quickly as possible? No. And I think that is something I'm still reminding myself, other people starting out. There are times where you feel like you've got something, you just want to get it out just because you want to get it out of you. And we talked about those ideas earlier, but being able to make sure we're focusing on the experience of who the message is for versus going, I, this is for me. It's no, let me help you with what I need to get out of my head <laughs> at times. <Right. laughs> I want to convert to the podcasting real quick, but I want to talk brand damage. You went through all this type of stuff. It's going to be, uh, hopefully this will what be What is fun brand damage? I'm so excited now. What yeah, are we talking yeah, I about want, here, John? What is brand I damage? I am talking about, look at, <laughs> you've spent years and decades to, to build up your brand and what people think about you, what you've put out there. And obviously the first thing that comes to mind is Will Smith at the Oscars. And look at how instantaneously that got ripped away over one act and to try to be cognizant of the impact of all the work you did and it can just evaporate overnight. Well, yeah. Did it evaporate? Blair? He got attention, but it's like his, the movies that were in the pipeline have at least been paused. Sure. There, there was some, yeah. But go I ahead. I want your thought. take. Go for it. That's why we're here. I would challenge <laughs> the thought of, yeah, like obviously people like, you can make huge mistakes that affect your brand. But if you look back over time, the people that had done the job to build their brand, those mistakes, people get over them. Peloton made a huge advertising mistake. People were still buying Pelotons. There was a dip and then people got over it and they kept moving on. Think of how many music artists are terrible people yeah. and people <laughs> still buy their music and sing along to their songs. This happens all the time. And I would say the same thing is true of actors. Like they are so in the public eye that people are like in the moment, it's fun to talk about. It's fun to judge people whose lives are on display and say, that's a terrible thing. And I'm not giving an opinion whether it is or isn't. That's not my job to say, I don't care. You form your own opinions. But my point is if you've done the work on building your brand, that is the foundation and people will ride with you or come back to you if they believe in your brand overall. So yeah, avoid making mistakes if you can, but at the end of the day, like good luck with that, because at some point you're going to hit a wall where you've said something wrong. That's part of the game, <laughs> how you own that and how you authentically react to that and carry on from that. That's a choice. That's up to you. It tests your character. Sure. But you're going to be better off if you built goodwill to start with. If people already hated you and you made a mistake, then it's, they've already put you in the box of someone that they don't vibe with. But if you, people usually decide, is this person for me or not for me? And that's usually more than one experience. It's usually a history of experiences that they built over time. No, I was curious on your thoughts on that because as much as attention as that particular instance got for something that I quite deemed was dumb in the grand the dude's gonna things. be okay i guarantee you he'll be making yeah. movies making content making tv shows making albums he's in time very out. soon <laughs> he's in time out. yeah but, I, but i guarantee you who was it one of the podcasts i listened to frequently only because i read his newspaper column in high school every day was tony kornheiser i don't watch as much sports as i used to but i do listen to his when i work out and stuff like that periodically and he said at some point if you got a mic in your face or you're writing something long enough, you are going to say something to tick somebody off that's going to get some attention. And I don't know why that stuck with me and why he's the one that that stuck with me with. <laughs> yeah, I think at the end of the day, like if you are being authentic and your intentions are good, that will reside with people more than the mistakes you make. Right. And at the end of the day, some things were going to push people away from you and some people are some things are going to draw people towards you. And that's how it's supposed to be. You're supposed to attract the people that are for you. 
And if you're the kind of person that makes some mistakes here and there and people are like, you know what, it doesn't matter to me because their intentions are what I need in my life right now, then those are the people you're going to have around you. And that's good because you don't want fair weather fans in your business. You want people that are going to be fanatics, that are going to be supporting you through your mistakes and telling other people about you. And the Fairweather fans aren't the people that are going to build your business. You need the actual true fans that are going to support you. And by fans, I don't mean just like you're a celebrity. I just mean people that are in your business, that like what you do, that support you, that are your referrers, that are telling people about you. Your best clients are the ones that are usually bringing more business in for you, other than judging the things that are coming out of your mouth. No. Awesome. And so speaking about things coming out of your mouth, weird segue. <laughs> How long? You, so I, we met at the Build Your Network 2019. Oh, my God. That's like almost three years ago. How long have you been doing brands on brands? Because I, I am I, ever since I started making stuff, my level of consumption has went into the tank for the most part, other than I dip in and out. I dip in and out of yours. I dip in and out of Travis's. And then I dip in and out of Tony Kornheiser's. And those are about the three. <laughs> About the three that no, legitimately. I started in like 2018. I started okay. in 2018 just getting my ideas out. I actually recorded like 30 episodes and then had them released. And then I got, I actually hired a podcasting coach and then I started over. I deleted those episodes and started oh, wow. again. You can do that. You can make mistakes. You can build things better. I think coaching helps you do something better than, in, I think good isn't always better than done. I think sometimes you actually have to have the right coaching and skills to build a good product. But I started, I fumbled along the way and I deleted and I started over. Uh, and that process has kept pivoting. I started the show as we're going to talk about marketing for entrepreneurs. And then as I did that, I looked back and I said, you know what, like what I want to lean into in this, cause this is pretty broad. I want to lead into the content marketing piece of this, just not just all marketing, but like actual, just how do you make content that helps market your business? So I leaned into that for a full season. And then after I did that, I said, you know what? I'm more interested now in talking about marketing for a person. How do you market a person instead of a business? So I moved from content marketing into personal branding. How do you build the brand of you and how do you build your reputation as a person using these same skills? And as I did that, I said, for a personal brand, it seems like creating content is most easily done through podcasting. So how do I talk about that more? So I was on a journey myself and each time I changed the things I wanted to talk about, it was as if I was diving deeper into the things that were my curiosity. And then people came with me along on along the ride that were going that same direction. And people joined the ride and other people left that were you no know, longer interested. But I had to go with where my interest was going. And guess what? Each time I was niching down to something that was more targeted, that was more specific, that was more like the exact people that I need to be speaking to at the exact right time. So content can be a journey. So if you aren't afraid of not having the exact destination in mind, it's going to be easier for you to just get started creating. Did you find that the pivots that you had along the way kept reinvigorating you and your curiosity to increase your skill set and knowledge as you can narrow down versus one of, one of the things that with, with me, it's been is like I call it a jack of all trades thing. I've had to do the whole scope of stuff for so long. I get bored being pigeonholed. I get bit bored being pigeonholed to end, but it sounds like you were starting to get more narrowed in into a certain thing as that went along. Did that keep you in reinvigorated as you pivoted? Yeah, I was. I think it was chasing my interests. Like I was just, I like okay. I did a season. I started to scope my things out as seasons. I was like, what do I feel like talking about for twenty six episodes? Okay, and I mix that. There's some interviews in. There's solo shows in there. But I'm like, okay, for 26 episodes, which is a half of a year of content, what do I want to talk about for all those episodes? And I just picked the theme and said, okay, how would I talk about that? What are the ideas? And then I got to the next season and it gave me a fresh plate. It gave me a place to start saying, do I want to do that again? Do I want to dive into content marketing again? Or do I want to, is there something that's been standing out that is like the next thing I haven't gotten to explain yet? And so it just presented itself pretty obviously along the way, but having a content theme for a season helped me focus my brand and focus my business along the way. It wasn't super, let me plot my pivot point. Okay. It was just me following what I wanted to talk about. I was like, I think I've said what I wanted to say about content marketing for now. I can go back to it if I want, but I, I think I've got this laid out. It's like writing a second book. 
Like I think of each season, okay, I wrote the book on that. What's the next book? And it frees you to be more creative. They're all branding, right? My show is just called Brands on Brands. It's not called content marketing or the personal branding show or the podcasting show. It's just Brands on Brands. I'm still on that bigger category block that we started the whole show with. And that's the freedom that lies within inside of it. Do you think that podcasting in and of itself is still one of the easier ways to start content creation? I know we already talked about finding the medium that fits you and fits your personality. But as far as I can go back to level of effort and time, I'm just trying to get into this. I'm trying to I'm trying to figure out my authentic voice. Do you still feel like this may be the most effective way to at least as a launching point? I think it's the highest ROI. Okay. It might not be the most for each person. It might not be the easiest because you like writing might be easier for one person than another. Some people might just be like kings of the camera and love to have their personality out there. And that's just natural for great. Do that. So for each person, it might be individual podcasting for me was the easiest stepping stone from a podcast. It trained me to be more comfortable with the camera on. I would just leave the camera on and I didn't publish with video. I saved it, but I could, and I could use it later. But when I started, I didn't worry about the camera and then I didn't have to worry about writing cause I could take what I spoke and convert it into writing later. So for me, talking was, was is what's most natural to most people because I speak much faster than I write. So my ideas were coming out faster than I could write them down and I would lose track of the passionate, the passion that was coming out of me. So it was for me, the easiest place to create. It may not be for everybody, but I think for everybody, it's probably the highest ROI in terms of the effort you put in to the things you get out of it, because it's not just the podcast and like people listening to it. What you get out of it is the tools of being a better content creator and the stepping stone to get there. It becomes an engine that fills all the channels you need to put content on to get discovered. It is the, I create one episode per week. That's 30 minutes and it creates the thousands of word blog posts. It creates Mm -hmm. the video snippet that goes on YouTube. That's 10 minutes. It creates the one minute clips for social media that are video based. It creates the quotable graphics that go on social media. It creates the ideas that go into my email newsletter each week. It creates the lead magnets. It created my courses that I, so it became this creation tool for all the other parts of my business. The second thing is that because it's an interview format, that's not intimidating to people. I don't have to have the camera on when I'm doing a podcast interview. I could just say, show up to this zoom meeting for one hour. You don't have to do anything. You just show up, we talk and it's over and we pick a time that's convenient for you. You can't do that with live. That has to be like convenient to everybody. But for this, it's like we can do this at nine o'clock at night if that's what's easy and record it and be done with it. And that brings people into my world where we're now sharing ideas and we're building a relationship. So now John and I were friends. We feel more closely connected because we had this hour long conversation. There was a little chit chat before the show, a little chit chat after the show and some dialogue in between via DM and emails. Our relationship got bigger. I can get out there and build my network of people who I never thought would respond to me because I was a fanboy. Now I'm a, now I'm a podcaster that could say, come on the show. Let's talk about your ideas. I have a platform for networking and for relationship building and for influence. I can go and start public speaking now because I can say, look at my podcast. You can see that I know how to share my ideas in a concise way. And I now have connections with people who are speakers because I had them on the show. They know who all the decision makers are at these events that I want to be public speaking at. So it became a doorway for all these other things. And I don't see any other medium really getting you there other than maybe YouTube, which again, I think this is a stepping stone to YouTube if that's your path. And that's what I got some blended thoughts. I was going to, I was curious how you viewed it. What do you see? How do you see one podcasting evolving? Is it just more platforms? Because you're seeing this, a lot of attention on TikTok and shorts and these little snippet things that are 50 seconds, 60 seconds. I don't mess with TikTok. I do, of course, see tons of YouTube <laughs> shorts. I live on YouTube, either watching or making stuff now. But how do you see podcasting evolving? And do you think as younger generations getting older, still keeping a very short attention span, that long form content is going to find that's going to get niched down and everything's going to have to be chunked into these little bite-sized Snickers bars (laughs) to be digested. Yeah. I think the output, like the form of the output 
is going to continue to change. Social media will always continue to evolve. Like all the new channels will continue to grow and change and some will die and some will come up. But the idea of sharing your thoughts and your perspective has never changed, right? We've, it used to be newspapers and books and Mm -hmm. speaking on podiums as the town crier, whatever the thing is, (laughs) there's always been people or sharing it around a campfire (laughs) or passing your stories down through song and generations of like tribal communication. It has always started with storytelling and sharing ideas and perspective. That's not going to change. We now have amazing technology to capture that with the easiest push of a button. As long as you got a computer or an iPhone in some cases, you can create content. And now what you do with that is up to you. What is your time commitment to doing this? That's up to you, right? Me creating for 30 minutes a week or an hour a week is my first commitment. What I do with that, that takes some practice and some learning. I teach repurposing at a lot of the podcast conventions. I speak on that sometimes. Like how do you take that content and now clip it into all these other things? If you have a process for that, you can get that done in a couple hours and be all these places. All those places become where people discover you, right? I'm not going like, you're not gonna go to TikTok and hear my full idea and my full perspective. You're never gonna get an actual great idea that's distilled and deep thinking from a 30 second video. You're gonna get a crumb of an idea that makes you interested. So that's where you share the little highlights. That's where you share the little takeaways that get people to say, God, I want a little bit more of that. Who is this person? I'm curious, I'll follow them. And eventually they might dive into your longer form content. So they're just little pieces of bait out there to inspire people and get them to like you a little bit. It's like when you meet someone like at the bar for the first time to get back to our great and original analogy, you don't start with your full life story. You start with a little bit about each other and you take a little, they give a little and it goes back and forth. And along the way they get, if they're more curious, they'll ask the deeper questions and they'll take more time with you later on to get to know you better. And it's just like that in, in content. Again, content mirrors real life, social mirrors real life. It's just amplified through technology. How do you balance and talking about repurposing content, which is, it's something that I use personally, I use the script for a couple of things. So it allows me to click a few buttons and it shoots some stuff out, but being on so many different platforms that you can get sucked into that time suck of, hold on, is there somebody over on Instagram responding to me? I need to respond there. Oh, YouTube comments, I need to go over there. How do you how do you stay focused where that in and of itself doesn't become, because we already know social media is designed to be addictive in its nature with endless scrolling and all that stuff. But how do you balance the time with that and outside of just time blocking, go, I'm only doing this for 30 minutes. And then you realize four hours have passed. <laughs> Yeah. Let's talk about for people who are starting, right? When you're getting started, no one's responding to your stuff. So let's just take that off the table, right? Sure. If one person responded, that's not going to take you a long time to reply to them. But the reality is it's like your mom and your friends that are listening or looking at your stuff when you start, because you haven't, you are still going out there and finding one person at a time. So yeah, respond to those one people, but it's not this crazy scale all of a sudden, right? It's not killing your day. Creating is what your time is spent on. Get better at that. Get better at figuring out how to share your ideas in a way that's impactful and what you're about. The repurposing side, you'll get there. If you're just figuring out how to take one nugget of information out of your content and share it as one clip each week is a great place to start. There are tools out there. You can learn that, but start with the process of creating and then you add to it. You add to it. You say, okay, instead of me trying to create more and more, I want to keep my creating at a constant. I only want to create one show a week. The rest, if I want to scale up the attention, I scale up the repurposing. I start to learn how to turn a clip, one show into one clip or one show into three clips and then one show into three graphics and then one show into a blog. Like I learn how to do that because that stuff, once you learn, you have a process for it can be very fast. And once you have a process for it, it can be outsourced if you decide to outsource. So taking those steps along the way can be pretty pretty quick. And once you have it in a way that's consistent, the creation part is the most important piece. What you do with it afterwards can fit into your schedule and fit into you learning the next set of skills. I think like all of us are like need to be marketers in our business. The creation process is the thing you need to learn first. And then the process of marketing and content distribution is the second step, but it starts with you just being committed to creating 
and then wanting to share your best ideas with people. That's awesome. We're coming up on the end of the show here. I got one final question. You've been doing this for a long time, obviously very adept to this. If you had to start over today, what would be like the first three steps you would do? That's a good question. I think the first thing I would do is figure out the, like what my corner of the neighborhood is, right? What category of content, what, where do I sit? Am I a travel guy? Am I a finance guy? Am I a business guy? Find out your thing using your tools from your past, right? Look at your previous experience. Look at what you love to talk about. Look at your passions and figure out what world do I want to be, do I want to live in right now? What world do I want to study? What world do I want to get better at? What world do I want skills in? What world do I want my network to grow in? And figure out that corner of the world because that's what you're building your brand on is getting to know people, getting to be better at content creation in that corner of the world. Find that and then get started sharing the perspective and the ideas like we talked about at the beginning of this. That's I would start there. It's what I did, but what I didn't realize is how quickly it changed everything I was doing. So getting to that point of create, being a creator and having that mindset that I'm just going to put my ideas out there and I'm going to bring other people into my world through the platform of a podcast. The faster I did that, the better. Only thing I would have done different is maybe hired a coach sooner to teach me because instead of it taking six months to learn, I actually tried it for three to six months. And then I'm like, you know what? Let me now get a coach to teach me the right way to do it. And within six weeks, I knew all the best practices. So if you want to skip the hardest parts, bring someone on that's a mentor in your industry and have them teach you because they've figured out the process if they've made the mistakes for you. So for anything, if I want to, if I want to get faster or better at something, I either outsource it or I hire a coach. Mm -hmm. If I want to get better at Facebook ads, I'm either going to outsource it or I'm going to hire a coach to teach me how to do it. So figure out what that next thing is that you really want to tackle and either hire a coach or outsource it and move forward move forward building the next thing that's going to help move your business forward. Just hit the damn button. <laughs> Just hit the damn button. <laughs> Man, I had a blast. I truly had a blast. This has been an awesome conversation. And I really appreciate you taking the time and being here. And because you are a coach and you do teach people how to set up their podcast, what is the best way for people to, uh, to find you and reach out? Yeah, anything you guys want to learn about personal branding and content marketing, or if you're trying to get into the podcast space, just go to brandsonbrands.com. It's where you'll find my free podcast with all that information. You'll find links to the Podcast Branding Academy if you're heading down that road. Or you'll just get to know me better. And I'm happy to be here to be your sounding block along the way to answer those questions that have been bubbling up in your head. There's links there to reach out to me and set up conversations. You can get a 15-minute chat, no problem. I'll talk to anybody. So brandsonbrands.com, happy to get to know you guys. Awesome. Highly recommend it. Been a listener of the podcast for years, and I'll make sure all the links are in the show notes. Brandon, again, appreciate it. Appreciate you, John. Thank you.